both uh, watching online, but also on campus this morning. I'm Ryan, the lead pastor. And uh, if you would, please grab your Bibles, as we say every Sunday, whether it's a paper or digital version, and go to the book of John, please. John chapter 13 is where we're going to be this morning. And uh, we are in a sermon series called Deeper, and we've been going through this in the month of January. And what we're looking at are spiritual disciplines, and the, the call is that you would establish some goals and offering. We've been trying to offer some tools to, to help for you and I to grow in 2023, that, that we would uh, be different people a year from now than we are today because of the disciplines and the new habits that we build into our lives. And so each week we've been introducing one new spiritual discipline with a tool with the encouragement that you and I would, would apply it and, and, and really have it make a difference in our lives. These exercises are what helps us to grow spiritually. And just to do some review of what we've covered so far, we in uh, the first week together, we talked about the spiritual discipline of prayer. And prayer had uh, with it a tool uh, called a top 10 list. And out in the lobby, we have uh, some templates for that. If you did not pick one up, and many of you that uh, I have spoken with at least have, have done this, where you've devoted one week, or excuse me, one month, and you've put down upwards of 10 prayer requests. And you just commit to praying through those and just seeing how God is gonna work. And then you do it again the next month. February is in a few days. So you can roll over to the next month and keep building that discipline of prayer into your life. The next week after that, we talked about fellowship and small groups that Brad and Debbie just spoke about as well. And then we talked the following week about the spiritual discipline of Bible or, or time in the Bible of, of reading scripture. And with that, we had a, a tool called the Bible reading bookmark. And the call and the challenge was for each one of us to to, to make a plan, some kind of plan. If it was reading through the entire Bible in a year or just maybe the New Testament or Old Testament or just the Gospels or even one book of the Bible that you would commit to that. But the bookmark had all the Bible uh, books on here and then uh, some ovals that you can, you can mark out once you've accomplished the, that book there. And so for you to set your goal. And, and so I hope for many of you, you've set that goal. If you did not get one of these, you can, if you're on campus, grab one there on the table there in the middle. And then last week we talked about rest, the idea of solitude and um, simplicity. And there's tools there. Now, if you'll see on that handout, there is a, a website there, or our website, a webpage at newhopeadel.org backslash slash spiritual disciplines, you can go there and you can get all those tools downloaded uh, right there to, to your device or you can print them off for you. So again, the goal is that you and I setting goals to grow in 2023. I hope you've set a few. Now we're not done. We've got one more today. One last message as we wrap up our deeper uh, sermon series this morning and one more tool that we're gonna offer you today. But before we get to that, I wanna give us a heads up of what's happening next week. Next Sunday, we launch a new sermon series called The Sacrifice. Now, many of you remember in the fall, we did a series called The Servant. And in The Servant, we went through the Gospel of Mark chapters one through eight. And we looked at the life and ministry of Jesus. And then we stopped for Christmas, stopped now for the deeper series, but we're coming back to Mark. Now this time it's called, as we look at Mark chapters nine through 16, it's called the sacrifice. Because in these chapters here, we're gonna look at Jesus's life as he is moving toward the cross his mission to go to the cross. And so we're gonna be diving back into the gospel of Mark. Now, just like in the fall with the servant, this series comes with a devotional guide. It looks like this. We've printed hundreds and hundreds. So please do grab one. If you have not gotten one today, please do grab it. If you're watching online, you can download this and you can print it off or use it digitally and uh, follow along. But this devotional guide actually begins this week. 
So it starts with a devotional entry, and then next Sunday, we move into a passage. And so I would encourage you to grab one of these if you haven't already and get started. You may also want to this week read through Mark chapters one through eight, just to kind of refresh yourself on all that we looked at in the fall and, and get your hearts ready for uh, the coming series next Monday. Or in addition, if you'd like, you can go back on the church website or Facebook, and you can watch any of those old messages, and you can get caught up and, and feel ready to go next Monday, or next Sunday, excuse me as we jump into the Sacrifice Sermon series. All right, so that's what's coming up. That's what we're doing today. Hopefully you're in John chapter 13 now and ready to go. And today, here is our last spiritual discipline that we're gonna be looking at. And it's this idea, it's going deeper by serving others. Going deeper by serving others. Serving is a spiritual discipline. Now, if you have a bulletin on the back, here's your first fill in the blank this morning. We're gonna have a handful of those and for taking notes. And here it is, our big idea really for this morning that God uses serving others to grow our faith. See, serving is good for us. It's good for the kingdom. It blesses others. It's a good thing. God uses it to grow our faith. Now, we're all friends. Let's have a moment of honesty. Let's have a moment of honesty. Here's, here's the thing though. Many of us tend to avoid doing what we don't wanna do. Isn't that true? We, we task avoid, don't we? In other words, for, for some of us, or maybe many of us, we will live with something for years when it will only take minutes or a couple hours of addressing it and fixing it. But we'll just live with it because we task avoid, we don't want to deal with it. In fact, this tweet cracked me up and it sort of captures this idea. Uh, I thought about doing spring cleaning, but I decided it would be easier to move. Some of you are like, yes, that is me, cleaning or whatever it is. We just, we just task avoid that thing. Now, if you're a task avoider, if you can relate with that, it does make today's spiritual discipline more challenging. But I wanna remind us that serving is so important. See, serving, when we serve others, we are living like Jesus lived. When we serve others, as we just talked about, we grow in our faith. And when we serve others, in addition, what it does is it, it makes it so that God can use us to have an impact in the lives of other people. I'll go so far as to say that you and I, we cannot live out our mission as a church. Our mission as a church is to help people find and follow Jesus. We can't live that out unless we commit to serving one another and serving others. And here's the thing, it's not just enough to hope people find and follow Jesus, we have to help them. And part of helping them is through serving. That's why this is so important. But here's the challenge that we face, every single one of us. The challenge that we face is that culture tells us, teaches us and celebrates this idea that, that the, the higher you rise, the more power you have, the more wealth that you accumulate, the more you can get others to serve you. That's the message of culture. But the thing is, then Jesus comes along and he turns that whole model upside down. He turns the whole model upside down. This morning, I wanna make a case that serving others for, for me and for you in our daily lives is an important thing to adopt, a discipline that we should exercise in our daily lives. And so here's my call for every single one of us, your next fill in the blank, it's this, that we will in our daily lives pursue an apron and not a crown. 
that we will pursue an apron and not a crown. Hopefully you're in John chapter 13. Let's pick up in verse one. Let's go ahead and read it together. It says this, it was just before the Passover festival. It says that Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal, this is now the last supper, was in progress. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. I wanna pause here real quick because in this text, if you have your Bible to underline and circle and make notes, I put a couple of words in red. You can go back a screen there just to highlight that. There was two things that says that Jesus knew, that he was very aware of when this last supper was beginning and they were gathering in this upper room together and the disciples are there and Jesus is there. There are two things that he's very aware of. The first that he's very aware that his time has come, that in a matter of hours, he's gonna be betrayed and he's gonna be beat. He's gonna be uh, um, flogged and he's gonna ultimately be crucified. He's very aware that the cross is coming. The second thing that he's very aware of is that all things were under his power, that God the Father had given all things to him. They were under his authority. So here's my question this morning. The question is this, and it's not just for Jesus. This is for every single one of us. What do you do when you're the most powerful person in the room? How do you respond? How do you act when you recognize that you're the most influential or powerful person in that room? What do you do? Let's look at what Jesus did. Look with me now, verse four. It says that so he, that's Jesus, once he recognized and knew these things, he got up from the meal and he took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist And after that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do when he knew he was the most powerful person, not just in the room, in the world? He washed feet. He took the posture of a servant. He put the dress on of a servant and he began to wash feet. In other words, he put on an apron. And if this doesn't shock every single one of us, then we're really not sort of grabbing how significant this is in terms of what Jesus just did. The the Lord, the King, the creator of heaven and earth takes this posture and does this activity and begins to wash the feet of the disciples. This was the job of the lowest ranking person in the household. It was their job to do this, but Jesus is the one who did it. You see, washing feet at this time was typical, maybe like how we wash hands. Whenever you would show up at a meal, the, the host of that, of that meal would have somebody in their home and it was their job. They were the lowest ranking employee of the home, if you will, and it was their job to wash the feet. It was a normal activity that would take place during this time. But then you have this situation because remember the disciples and Jesus, they were donated this upper room, but it didn't come with a person. It didn't come with that, that employee that was there to wash feet. And so they all show up and you know, every single one of them, when they walked into that room, they were all looking at each other. Who's going to do it? Are you going to do it? I'm not going to do it. I don't want to do it. Are you going to, I mean, everybody knows it has to be done. This job needs to be done, but the only one who stepped up was Jesus. 
the disciples were all task avoiders. They were all in that position where they didn't wanna do it. This is, this is honestly where your task avoiding skills come into play. This is where you uh, avoid eye contact, right? Uh, pretend to be busy. This is where you, um, you say, uh, boy, am I tired, right? You know, tell them about your day, you had a big day, or you kind of go back to an old sports injury, my pinky, sir, I would help, but you know, I'm just, I'm sore, or you know, the headache thing, that always works, like, oh man, I got a Anyway, the point is, excuses come up, or you just try to avoid what you know needs to be done, but you don't do it. But then Jesus gets up, and he does it. And it wasn't just that feet are gross. It wasn't just that the feet are dirty. What he did in many ways was sort of scandalous because see, in this culture and time, this is an honor shame culture. And what that means is your reputation, your dignity is hugely important. The better your reputation, the, the stronger your dignity, the more you have influence in the community. And so you protect that at all costs. Think of it like a social credit rating. That's kind of what it is. But any person who would stoop down and be that person that washes the feet, they hover around a zero. They have no social credit. They're the ones that are overlooked. They're the ones that are ignored and of no account. And so for Jesus to, to take this job, he tanked his score, if you will. He forsake it all. And he gets down and he begins to love them and to serve them and to do this humbling task. And this is why, by the way, Peter responds the way that he does. Look at me now at verse uh, six, please. Uh, Peter says this, uh, Jesus now is washing the feet. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you gonna wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. That's a rebuke. He, he, he so passionately uh, is feeling what's going on in this room as, as Jesus is going around and he's doing this and he's washing their feet, which by the way, I was talking with my wife yesterday and she made a great observation. She was like, well, why when Jesus started washing feet, Peter would have been the last one and she's going to the first person, the second person. Why did none of the disciples even at that point jump in and say, you know what, Jesus, let me jump in. Let me take over. None of them did. They still watched to a person, every single one of them, as Jesus went around. See, part of why Peter responded the way he did, he knew he blew it. He knew that Jesus was the last one in the world who should have been washing feet. It was his feet that should have been washed. It was, it was the disciples that should have loved him as their rabbi and Lord, but they didn't. He watches all the way around and he says, no to Jesus, you will never do it. And how does Jesus respond? Let's continue in verse eight. It says, Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to, to wash their feet, their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. Peter, of course, goes to extremes. He's like, well, give me a shower. Like, I'm ready, just do the whole thing. And he's like, no, 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 it's all good. Just feet's fine. 
That's fine. See, Jesus is doing something very significant here. In fact, I want to take it to another level of what's going on. Because see, Peter didn't fully understand this scene and what's happening. But because we have time and we have the, the Bible, we, we know the full account of what's going on. Because see, here's what's going on. See, Jesus taking the posture of a servant and cleaning the feet of the disciples, that was an important moment. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But it was pointing to something more significant. Because in just a few hours, Jesus was going to, in the ultimate way, put away the crown. And he wasn't going to put on an apron. He was going to take up a cross. You see, in just a few minutes, in a few hours, that is, where, where at first he was volunteering to come down and stoop low and wash feet, in a few hours, he was going to be viciously and violently forced, beaten, abused, and taken his cross up and nailed to that wood and to die in our place to pay the penalty for our sins. It wasn't just about washing feet, but it was through the, the cross of what Jesus was going to accomplish that was gonna, through grace and through what his, he accomplished on the cross, was gonna wash us once and for all so that we can have a second chance relationship with him. This foot washing is a preview of what's about to come in a few hours. This beautiful thing that Jesus does and then the last thing Jesus does here, and I love this, he uses this moment as a teachable moment. Let's continue on in verse 12. It says that when he, Jesus, had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to the, the place. He says, do you understand what I have, I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. And here's the key, I put it in red. I have set for you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Not only did this scene point to the cross and what was to come, but Jesus uses this to set an example. You see, this scene is not just a kind gesture. It's not just a nice thing to do. It's not just an expedient thing to do so the meal could start. He's setting for them an example. He is giving them a new paradigm, a new model for how to, how to live. Your next fill in the blank tries to highlight this, and it's this idea. It's that it's, it's our turn today, now. This is our turn to serve others the way we have been served by Jesus. It's our turn to do this. It's, it's our time. It's, it's our time and in our life to, to forsake those ways that, look, all of us do it in some ways where we pursue the crown, whatever that is, whatever that thing we're running hard after. But in the pursuit of the crown, we set aside the apron. But to be like Jesus and to be used by him to have an eternal impact on the lives of others, this is our time to put on the apron. And I say, well, why? Why should we do this? And the answer is the same reason Jesus did it. Flip back to verse one, if you would, please. I just, I just wanna highlight this one more time. John 13, verse one. It says, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, here it is, he loved them to the end. 
He loved them to the end. That's the why. That's the why for, for why we should pursue serving others in Jesus' name as a lifestyle. You see, Jesus had hours left to live, as I've just mentioned. So what did he do? He loved. He had loved them from the beginning. He loved them during the three years they were together. And now is that they're at the end of their time together. He loved them. It was, it was a love, and let's be honest, we don't fully grasp the love of God. I think the second we try to just put it in a box to describe it, we sort of have missed, we've missed it. His love is incredible and radical and doesn't make sense in so many ways. But it's a love that Jesus had for the disciples that compelled him to stoop so low and to wash their feet. And it's the same love of the Lord that has been, has been shaping and rocking and leading the church for 2,000 years. It's the same love that changed my life. In October of 1992, when I finally heard it and I understood. It's the same love for hundreds here on campus and watching online. It's your story too. It's, the, it's this love that has radically, again, impacted who you are in terms of your life and your priorities. And this is the love that Jesus extended to them and extends to us. And it's the same love, by the way, that as we abide in him and his love works through you that makes New Hope Church a healthy church or any church for that matter. It's his love working through us that, that becomes for us a, a community of people that we don't seek our own crowns. We seek aprons to serve each other and to serve others that becomes or that makes the church become a place that is compelling. A, a church, a, a place that people in the community want to come to because they say there's nothing else quite like it. It's not about us. It has really nothing to do with us. But it's his love working in us and working through us. That's the difference. And that's what we're called to. So I want to wrap up this morning. I want to talk about some action steps. Specifically, I want to give three action steps this morning as we wrap up this message, but also as we wrap up this series. The first one is simply this. This morning, I... I wanna tell you, and this is, this is from my heart, I wanna tell you thank you. As one of your pastors, when it comes to serving, New Hope Church is remarkable. New Hope Church has, based on my experience at least, the highest percentage of people who serve, who sacrificially give of their time and their talent, who, who show up when it's zero degrees out and park cars, who make coffee and hand out bulletin and teach children and students, who come on stage or work in the background, whatever it is, men and women who, who serve and love and bless. And this morning, I wanna tell you, thank you. It is so fun and remarkable to see how God works through you and is working through you. And so as, as one gesture this morning, we have, uh, when the service is over, if you go out to the left, we have cupcakes. 
I think security might need to hold off the teenagers from getting to them first. So you may want to like scoot out there fast to grab a cupcake because they're quick. They're, they're, th- they're, they're, quick, they're quick ones there. So, but nonetheless, enjoy a cupcake this morning just to, to say thank you for, for how you serve. And one other thing, if you're, before you leave this morning, if, if you just come across somebody, you're in a conversation with somebody and they're serving or you know they serve, will you tell them thank you? And not just today, but will you tell them thank you just for how they serve and that they serve? Everybody needs... Everybody needs to be encouraged. And everybody needs to know that what they do and how they serve matters. And so please share that with them. So again, New Hope, thank you for all the ways you serve. The second action step, and this one's a fill in the blank. It's this. I wanna encourage all of us that we would think about serving as a lifestyle. Make serving others a lifestyle. It's, it's not just a thing on the calendar, but it's, it's really a, a posture in life, if you will, that it, it's, a, it's a, as you go, look for ways to serve. It's, it's look for ways to say you first. Look for ways to bless others. Have this um, posture of readiness that is open to all the ways that God may surprise you with opportunities to serve. Look for ways that you and I task avoid, those ways that we see a need and yet, for whatever reason, don't quite lean in. And so making serving a lifestyle, see a need, meet a need. And to help with this, I put a scripture up there, one that we're gonna get to here in the next sermon series in some detail, but Mark 10, verse 45. And here's a challenge with this point, that we would memorize this verse, such a good verse and such a good reminder For even the son of man, that's Jesus, did not come to be served. If there's anybody, again, who deserved to be served and deserves today to be served, it's Jesus. But he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, he's our example. And so to commit this to memory and to ask God to help you to grow in this area of serving others is a wonderful prayer to pray. And then our last one, number three. And we'll close with this. It's this idea, find a place to serve. Because while serving is a lifestyle, there's also something valuable about, about finding a place, your place, where you can serve alongside others, where you can use your gifts, where you can be blessed by serving others and be a blessing to others. And, and this can be a New Hope Church or this can be a, a hundreds of other places. But regardless, finding that place where you fit and you just think this is a wonderful place for me to serve is important. Now, the thing about New Hope Church, and one of the things that we talk about often is that nobody serves alone, that we serve on a, on a team. Everybody serves on a team. You serve with others. And so not only do you get to use your gifts, not only do you get to be a blessing to others, it's a, it's a great way to, to meet new people and to make friends and to, to serve alongside other people. If you're here this morning and you don't have uh, a place to serve, you're not on a serving team. Or maybe you're here this morning and you are uh, on a serving team, but you sort of have this just sense that I'd love to find a new place to serve. I'd like to be challenged in a new way or what I'm doing doesn't currently fit me quite as well and I wanna try something new. That I wanna invite you to, uh, to consider and to pray about joining a team. Now, if you would in your bulletin, if you could pull out this insert that looks like this, on this insert, what we've done is, is that we have um, highlighted, not all, I think like 15 or so different ministry teams. And all of these teams would be so excited 
to have you a part of their team. And so I'm on the, and also what we did too, was we broke it up by, by uh, groupings and, and giftings, if you will. So I'm on the side that says agents, special agents. Special agents are, are men and women who uh, help make Sunday morning uh, work and to, um, to, to serve people here. And so uh, you see there, there's a couple teams. I just wanna highlight a few of these as we go through them. Uh, the greeter team is a wonderful place. Specifically, here's what we need with greeters. We're looking for what are called engagers. And what that means is, I don't know if you've noticed, there's a lot of new guests that come here every Sunday. And so, so people that say, I would love to like, just look for newer folks and to meet them and to shake their hand and say, hi, my name is, and to start a conversation with them. If, if you're like, I love that, I love meeting new people, that would be a wonderful place to serve and would bless so many. Another category, we have artists, uh, we have investors, those who like to invest into adults who flip it over. We have uh, ninjas. Ninjas like to serve behind the scenes. They're the ones that don't want a spotlight, but they love to serve. And I wanna highlight one thing in here. We are this coming week launching a brand new ministry, a handyman ministry. How cool is this? To bless people and to serve people and to come alongside people, both needs here in the church, but also in the community. And so if you're thinking, I love doing that. I love doing projects. Men, women, both, this is, this is for you. And if you would like to be on a list to know about opportunities and projects, then that's a great team to join there. Uh, we have the nerds. That sounds maybe not so nice, but it really is. Like we love nerds. <laughs> we need them for all kinds of things. And so this is the tech arena and all that kind of thing. And then we have coaches and coaches love working with kids and students. And uh, I, I know not all of us get a chance to go down the hallway down there. It is bursting with kids everywhere. And so uh, we're still and constantly looking for teachers. What a wonderful opportunity to, to invest into the younger generation, two to three teachers. Or if you're thinking teaching, I don't know if I'm ready for that. We're looking for helpers too. Helpers are there just to come alongside and, uh, and, to, and to be in the room and to love on kids and to, and to help them. And so maybe that's something for you that would be good. And then middle school is growing too. And so uh, we're looking for help there as well. I, the goal is not for this to sound like a plea. I'm trying to share an opportunity of just a way to jump in and to serve, to use your gifts, to make friends, to get to know other people. And so here's, here's all I can ask you to do. Uh, for those of us here on campus, you have this connection card that was referred to earlier on. It's just simply a matter of checking a box or some boxes here. And here's the thing. It's not a lifetime commitment. If you're interested in just learning more, or you wanna be on a team that you're interested, you just check the box there. Also on the bottom, there's some other opportunities, whether it's a membership class or baptism and lots of other things. And so you can indicate interest there. And of course, prayer requests on the backside, drop that in the box there in the lobby on the way out. Or if you forget or whatnot is the case here on this, we have a QR code that takes you right to a digital page and do the exact same thing digitally. So that's for you. If you're watching online, you can also access the same thing. And that address is being put in the chat bar right now. And so you can, you can engage the connection card the same way uh, there and, and use that. Last thing, I'd like to invite the worship team to come on up if you would, please. But last thing on this, maybe you're hearing this this morning and you, you see the different teams, you see different ways to, to serve and opportunities, but none of those appeal because God has been nudging you in some other areas. That there's something about what he's stirring inside of you that isn't already a ministry team here at New Hope Church. I'd like to hear about that too. 
if that's, if that's you and, and, and you'd like to, to share what God's doing in your heart, would you use the connection card to do the same thing just on the backside or somewhere on there? Just write a little bit or say, hey, I'd like to talk this week. We'd love to hear what God is doing in your heart because sometimes the ways he's working is beyond just what is currently in place. And so you can, you can, do, you can do that as well. So friends, there was a lot there. Let's commit to pursue an apron and not a crown. And if you're a guy here this morning, think barbecue apron if that's more appealing to you. But that we would be men and women who take that posture of serving because Jesus has loved us and served us and we get to do that for other people. We get to do that on Monday morning. We get to do that Tuesday afternoons all throughout the week of God using you to make an eternal impact in the life of someone else. Would you pray with me? And then we're gonna respond in worship and just celebration as we close this morning. Father, we thank you for this series. We thank you for the chance to look at these spiritual disciplines, these different ways that we can live and habits we can apply to our lives that, that as we do them, Father, that you work through them to help us to grow. And I pray for each one of us that there would be at least one discipline or maybe a few that we apply that we'd be willing to, to trust you and to take steps of obedience, that we would not be a task avoider, but we would lean into this, Father. I pray too for the, all of us that you would help us to grow as a servant of others. Father, we all wanna be seen as servants, but nobody wants to be treated like one. And that's the real test, to love, to serve, and to be willing to stoop low, to do what it takes for your kingdom to advance and for your glory to shine bright. Help us to do that in our own lives and in this church. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Thank you, Pastor Ryan. If you will stand and join us um, for one closing worship song.
Thank you for joining us in worship this morning. Um, as usual, if you'd like to pray this morning, there will be folks available to pray. Um, otherwise, God bless. Have a wonderful week. Those of you that volunteer and serve, make sure you get cupcakes before the teenagers. Have a great week. <laughs>